Welcome to the very first episode of Culturized, a podcast where we take a deeper dive into life and culture in the Bay Area. Today, we have a very special guest joining us for the inaugural episode, Bloomberg High School alumni, Pomona College rising sophomore, and more importantly, an amazing individual, Emily Zhang. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Thank you, Michael. I'm doing good today. It's good to see you. It's been a while. Um, yeah, as you said in your very exciting introduction, <laughs> I was born in San Jose. I have lived in the Bay Area for most of my life and, you know, ended up going to Limbrook, was pretty involved in high school, and now I am studying remotely at a liberal arts college in um, Southern California at Pomona. So, nice. yeah, I'm excited to be sharing any stories or experiences today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So let's take it all the way back to middle school, where I first became acquainted with you um, by knowing you as the Miller Student Council president, and then a little bit more through Miller Speech and Debate. Would you be able to talk a little bit about your experience entering middle school, you know, finding and developing your interests? And, you know, is that sort of the start of your whole journey? That's a good question. Um, I would love to. I, I do think that entering middle school, I was quite a shy person. Um, I had moved to um, this area of San Jose actually mm. in fourth grade. So kind of in the middle of elementary school. And I remember those first couple of years, I was like a pretty shy person, not super involved. And I think starting in middle school, I think, like you said, it, it was kind of a point where I started pushing myself to try new things. Yeah. And um, one of the big things that influenced me was really meeting a lot of upperclassmen and eighth graders that, you know, I saw were really engaged, I saw were really energetic, and that really inspired me to, you know, try some new activities, which, yeah. as you said, I was, I was pretty involved throughout my middle school and high school years, and yeah, that was pretty rewarding for me. Yeah. So what were some of your sort of interests or activities that you began pursuing in middle school? Hmm. In middle school, I, I think it's a, middle school is a, is a very unique time because yeah. you're definitely at this transition period where you're trying to figure out who you are as a person. And I think it was really the, the first time that I became very aware of my identity and yeah. you know, the kind of interests I might have. Right? To be honest, in middle school, I was, I was still pretty lost, but I knew that there were a few things that I really enjoyed. Um, one of those things was definitely, you know, interacting with people and being a part of a community. And I yeah. think that that motivation was really something that, you know, drove me to go try out different clubs. Uh, I remember I, I joined um, Speech and Debate pretty early on, and that really helped me be a more confident speaker yeah. and uh, meet a lot of people as well. And in addition to that, you know, I remember tr signing up for a lot of things with my close friends and um, doing those things together. I think it was a pretty meaningful way to spend my time and a pretty uh, good way to stay busy as well. Yeah. So specifically, like, you know, speech and debate, you mentioned that you were kind of a little bit more shy going into elementary school and sort of why was there a perspective shift or sort of a change into wanting to become a little bit more... Um, involved or you know outspoken mm. a big thing for me is definitely finding good mentors and i think that was probably 
the best thing that I did um, throughout middle school and high school. Yeah. Uh, for me, I had definitely a couple friends, you know, in the eighth grade when I was just entering middle school at Miller, who I really looked up to and, you know, they were involved in student government, but they were also just like very open, uh, very responsible and very cool people. Mm. And yeah, I was really inspired by that. And I think I also was able to find really good mentorship and support in some of the adults in my life around yeah. that time. Yeah. Um, I remember being pretty close to my um, high school leadership advisor and my speech and debate coach. And, you know, like at that age, I think it was really helpful to have good guidance from adults besides your parents, right? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that was a big thing for me, pushing me to, you know, try new experiences. Yeah. And were there any specific experiences that you still recall or are super meaningful to you that, you know, still have lasting impact to you today from middle school? Yeah, I think, well, I remember the at the very start of middle school when I was first thinking about applying to join leadership, I was pretty hesitant, you know, about filling out the application. And the funny thing is my, I tell the story sometimes and it's, it's not a super significant detail, but I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, my leadership advisor at that time was also my PE teacher. And I remember this small thing, he asked me to, you know, pass out this little running card yeah, so yeah. we would write down our mile times. And I was like, okay, I was kind of scared of him. He was kind of an intimidating guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started like distributing the cards to people, right? Like yeah. trying, to, trying to be the good student. And then he stops me and then he's like, oh no, Emily, you're doing this wrong. Obviously you should, you know, try delegating this work, right? Just hand out the cards to someone else and you'll mm -hmm. get it done faster. And this way you're kind of working as a team, right? And I was like, wow, what a, <laughs> what a big brain moment. <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it was really cool. Like the way that he kind of taught me that little lesson. Yeah, and yeah. Afterwards, he was like, hey, I didn't mean to be rough on you, but, you know, I think it would be really cool if you maybe signed up for leadership and signed up for this activity that would really let you interact with more people and, you know, become a more confident person. So that's something that really did stick out with me. I think it is a good reflection of my relationships with other advisors throughout our middle and high school as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, you know, being in Miller leadership and student government in middle school, how was that experience like for you? Ooh, wow, it's hard to sum it all up yeah. in a few words, but I can do my best. I think that it really pushed me to be mature, maybe mm -hmm. even mature beyond my years. I think as a kid, I was kind of told that a lot where it was like, oh, you give off like mature vibes or whatever that means right? yeah yeah and I think it was sort of you know being put in this position where you're expected to you know do small things like make detailed project plans yeah and do bigger yeah. things like give speeches in front of people I think you just learn to communicate with people better um, I think that you learn to hold yourself accountable in a team and mm -hmm. really just be a more compassionate person. Yeah. And that experience for me of, you know, really like 
maturing more as a person. I think it's not something that is dependent on, you know, being in a leadership position or yeah, joining yeah. a class called leadership, right? Yeah. I think that a lot of my friends have had similar experiences, you know, in sports teams and music teams and all sorts of different activities. And I think that just putting yourself out there is really, really rewarding in many different ways, even though it can be scary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in Miller leadership, did that sort of definition of leadership become, you know, clearer from that experience or was it more just sort of like an introduction to, to that, you know, world of leadership? Right. How, how has that, you know, definition of leadership sort of reflected right. based on that? World of leadership sounds so fancy. <laughs> but I, I do think that on a basic level, as a middle schooler, I re this whole concept of leadership is still a very abstract idea yeah. to me. And we would learn curriculum and read books about leadership, which looking back is kind of funny, actually. I remember yeah, yeah. Um, our curriculum every year, we would read the same book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. Yes, yes, um, I remember that book. Yeah, some of you might know that book. And it was, it was, it was, it was not a bad book at all, but I, I think it was a good way, like you said, a good introduction to some core habits and mm -hmm. core values that you can yeah. use to define yourself and, you know, define the community that you're in. But to be honest, like a lot of, what I know about being a part of a team in a community, it's all through experience. It does come with time. Yeah. It comes with making mistakes. So definitely. I really don't think you can, you know, read a book and yeah, yeah. become a great leader. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. It was a good introduction. Definitely, yeah. And I think for, you know, a lot of people in middle school, because it really is like a transition period, it helps people expose get exposed to different, you know, interests and opportunities and good starting point for future um you know interests or activities people want to pursue right yeah so right. you know transitioning into high school how were you sort of able to find a balance between continuing to develop you know interests that you found previously and also trying new ones out because i know a lot of times people you know once they get into a habit of doing something or they sort of get on the train tracks of one path they sort of are scared to diverge mm -hmm. into other other fields or other interests? Right. No, that's a really, really great question. I, I do think that, you know, entering a new school, and whether that's high school or college, I think is the perfect time to really broaden your skills and, you know, try different things that you haven't done before. Um, my freshman year, I definitely, I, I took a bit of a pause on student mm -hmm. government, you know, just specifically so I could explore other things and, you know, get settled in in high school. And I did a similar thing um, entering my freshman year of college this year, actually, kind yeah. of, you know, holding back on the extracurriculars for a while until I got settled in. And, you know, once I felt um, well integrated into the community, I started signing up for a lot of things. Yeah. And, you know, I tried some new things, too. I signed up for the InDesign Fashion Club yeah. at our high school. And... That was a really great creative outlet for me and meeting a lot of really talented people. I signed up for a mock trial, which I never imagined I would do. 
because you know it's a lot of theater it's a lot Mm -hmm. of law and i had no clear very clear tangible interest in either of those Mm -hmm. going to high school but it ended up being a team that i'm really really grateful for and is probably one of the most significant experiences that i had in high school yeah so mock trial for could you describe that for people who might not be familiar with sort of what that is or you know how how that sort of has um impacted you through the experience sure so a big part of doing mock trial which is kind of what it sounds like it's essentially running a fake legal trial with a bunch of fake lawyers (laughs) as the students you have fake witnesses but honestly some of those people are really really good and really talented actors and you kind of bring a case to life you spend maybe half a year analyzing the case and preparing for it and learning to work with your teammates and you know it's like a combination of we like to say like it's one-third law one-third drama one-third public speaking Mm. and i think that that experience really not only elevated my confidence in public speaking skills but you know it was also something that i could apply to other things i did like um fbla which is the business club right yeah Um, you know both of those activities are public speaking oriented are team oriented and require you to think on your feet and stay Mm. calm under pressure yeah um, those were two really helpful activities i think for anybody (laughs) yeah yeah and so like for mock trial did you sort of find the the team environment to be like a challenge or um did you have any like good experience or good takeaways from you know having to work together on a common goal was that something new or any you know takeaways from that sure so i think working in a team in something like mock trial or debate or you know some presentation club you it's partly like skill based and you have to learn to develop skills on your own Mm. and you know teach others and share that with others and learn from others and the other thing i think is having a mindset that you're truly working as a team right i think that one thing i remember our coach would always say is across the board if you know if one person has a victory tonight then it's sort of a victory for all of us right if one person maybe makes a bit of a mistake that's something that we can all learn from and in mantra that's like a very literal thing because yeah. the entire team is sort of graded point by point on mm. every single person's performance so it's an actual realization of the idea that you know everybody in a team has contribution to make and is very important with other activities maybe it's not as explicit but i think that that sort of sense of team is still there while also you know learning to preserve your individuality and whether that's in the way you speak or the way you act or the way that you contribute ideas Mm -hmm. yeah and so you know at limburg fbla was also there were definitely team aspects to it and um um I personally was able to get to know you a lot more and um, become much closer as friends with you a lot more through FBLA. So how was that experience like for you? Mm. FBLA 
it was definitely a place where I met a lot of my really close friends. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad I was able to meet so many people like you and <laughs> a lot of really great advisors, a lot of awesome people all over the state. And I think that that's probably a really important part of, you know, growing up as someone in the Bay Area too, yeah. right? Like going on experiences that let you travel. And that doesn't have to mean, you know, going to some really nice spot for winter break, but yeah. it can mean like going to a city maybe like 20 minutes away for, you know, a one day conference mm -hmm. and meeting people from other high schools and getting to know people and learning to kind of keep up a sort of like friendly dynamic and also know when it's time to kind of like buckle down and get ready for competitions. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that's sort of like all those emotions, I think at mm -hmm. conferences, it, it's sort of like a conference high, like <laughs> it's, it's very fun. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. that um, people have memories of uh, preparing for many, many months before the conference, cramming the <laughs> night before, um, feeling really under pressure right before you're about to go in and see yeah. the judges. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's always really rewarding. And I have had wins and losses, ups and downs yeah. in that club. And yeah, like I came out, I feel like taking a lot away from it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And so especially in those competitive clubs, like um, the competition aspect really sort of at times overwhelms the entire experience that you almost sometimes forget about to appreciate the other moments and other aspects. Um, so how do you, you know, suggest people should be able to find a balance between, you know, really taking advantage of the competitive moments, but also appreciating and valuing the connections and the memories made? Mm. I appreciate you asking this question a lot. I, I do agree that we tend to get caught up in competition and in pressure, academic pressure or mm -hmm. pressure from extracurriculars a lot, especially, you know, in the community that is the Bay. And I think you just have to have your head on, right? <laughs> and really constantly not be afraid to ask yourself if you're really why you're doing something yeah. and if you're doing something, if you enjoy it or not. Right. And I think that also means taking care of our mental health and knowing when it's okay to take a break Yeah. and, you know, learning to like voice our needs and mm. learning to better express how we're feeling and uh, manage those priorities. So yeah, like, like I mentioned before, it was always helpful for me to have those talks with friends or, you know, advisors if that was necessary yeah and you know from time to time kind of evaluate where you are because we we always get caught up in the hustle and bustle yeah yeah lot, right definitely yeah and i guess also related to that um you know class office and asb was also quite important um to your high school experience as you mentioned so what was that experience like how did that maybe differ from the other experiences and reflecting back on that, what was that like? Right. I think that I, I see a lot of parallels among the things that I did in high school. Um, looking back, I think I was very involved. And now that I'm in college, I've kind of shifted focuses to 
more specific interests that I have. Mm. But for me, joining, you know, doing class office and doing leadership, that was really a big part of, you know, how I like lived throughout high school yeah. in the sense that not even like it was like a big part of sort of my social life and you know doing things like homecoming I think is something that people always look back on after graduating from Lindbrook and thinking like wow that was special and that was really an amazing opportunity you know to do something creative yeah and I think that um, joining ASB really helped me with learning to deal with like interpersonal team mm. situations especially mm. heading into senior year as i was working on larger teams and the other thing was like i said learning to be you know creative with dance with art yeah um, you know like painting our grand homecoming backdrops or, yeah i'm um, designing posters when i was doing public relations for asb mm -hmm. and also just celebrating all the really awesome student leaders we have on campus, yeah. I think was really a privilege and getting to see all those people work together was really, really awesome. Yeah. And so with a lot of, you know, class office and ASB, the sort of lines between, you know, school and social life gets blurred sometimes. And often that might result in, you know, drama when it comes to like election time or <laughs> when it, and there's, you know, times like that when, you know, because it's in a workspace almost in school. So it, there's sometimes tensions that occur. So do you have any tips for that? Or how was that experience like if you had any firsthand or you witnessed any from the outside? Oh, totally. I think that that's a valid concern. And, you know, it's something that happens. And, you know, even going to a small school now in college, like I still witness a lot of kind of election drama or yeah, that sort yeah. of tension, you know, when people have to do applications. And I, somebody once told me you have to learn to pick your battles. And I think that's good advice. I think that if you start stressing over every little thing, if you start, you know, seeing other people as your competition, that's a really unhealthy spiral to go down. And I kind of had to learn that lesson the hard way. Mm. I, I do think in my sophomore and junior years, going through elections was really, really stressful for me. And mm -hmm. I don't think it was, you know, a fun experience for anyone, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um, but yeah, I'm personally, I feel like I'm a very conflict avoidant person. Like I don't get super angry really easily. Yeah. It's, it's more, and because of that, I think I was very uncomfortable when being put in those mm -hmm. conflict situations. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it all comes with, you know, learning to when is something you should ignore and when is the time maybe to kind of speak up if you're uncomfortable. But yeah, I think, I think honestly, everything settles with time. Yeah, yeah. I think people realize there are way, way more important things Definitely, yeah. to deal with in life than something like, you know, if your friend is running against you in an election, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, if you're a good friend, you want the best for both of you. Definitely. But, yeah, it, like in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that big of a deal. And I think yeah. that is a healthy perspective to have for, um, you know, a lot of high schoolers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you were really pretty involved in a lot of different activities throughout high school. Do you have any, you know, advice for finding the right balance between things and being able to focus on, you know, 
personal mental health, academics, as well as the other activities? Do you have any advice for people on that? Mm, um, I think that different things work for everybody. So yeah, yeah it, it is hard for me to like pinpoint a few tips directly, but don't be afraid to reach out for help. Like I think that, you know, talking to your friends, um, talking to your family, if you have a good relationship with them, yeah, you know, talking to a counselor or a therapist, I think it, it can definitely help a lot. And there shouldn't be a stigma against taking care of your mental yeah. health. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, in high school, I had some experiences where I was dealing with some more like personal or like health issues. And that was definitely a kind of transformative moment for me where, yeah. I realize you have to, you know, you have to prioritize yourself and you have to prioritize people because yeah. when you leave high school, you know, you're going to have these sort of memories and takeaways. Like, you know, I've shared for the past half hour, but I don't know, like you're going to have some like really cool friendships that you're going to continue to have. Yeah. You're going to have all these great memories. So I think hold on tight to the things that you really care about mm. and yeah, learn to take care of yourself. Right. Like you, yeah. you don't need to go through some really difficult experience for you to come to the realization that like you got to prioritize yourself. Yeah. 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 Things do work out. Yeah. And that's really good advice, especially for, you know, people in the Bay area who are often really focused and dedicated to, you know, their right. resume and making right. sure that all their activities are taken care of. Um, right. Just to take a pause and zoom out a little bit. Yeah. yeah, that's a great way to sum it up. And I, I think I understand that urge too. And that was an urge that I always felt guilty for having. Yeah, yeah. But I thought it was, but it is normal, right? The urge to like, I don't know, succeed, right? And I think a lot of us coming from the backgrounds that we did and the external influences that we had, that pressure is a very real thing that we navigate. And it is a privilege to have that pressure, but it's still an issue we have to deal with. So I don't think we should be, you know, putting shame or on, you know, people dealing with that sort of pressure, yeah. but, you know, learning how to better navigate it. And yeah, like having conversations like this, I think is a good way to start. Great. Yeah. And so, you know, um, throughout high school and, you know, back, you know, in middle school and then going to high school, I think leadership has always been sort of a theme um, in your sort of journey and story. So would you say that that would be a, a good sort of thematic idea that's sort of prevailed through your past experience leadership? Hmm. Hmm. For some reason, I think even to this day, when I think of the word leadership, I think that it can extend to ideas of influence and, you know, organization and management and responsibility. Yeah. And, I don't know, for some reason, it seems like more of a buzzword to me. And I, I think it, it is just tossed around a lot. Yeah. And it's a quality that, you know, parents want their kids to have. Yes. And, yeah. Right. It's like, you want to be a leader. You want to be that person who knows how to be confident and take charge. So I might even hesitate to use that word. And I might go for something like mentorship, I think, which. Yeah is is definitely a common theme i think throughout most of my high school and even now i'm like currently in college i'm involved with 
our alumni mentorship program and you know we have a pretty small alumni base and forming connections between students and alumni is a big part of our job so yeah I I think I would define it more as that because I think mentorship kind of extends beyond management into the realm of more more care more compassion and friendship and Mm -hmm. it, it teaches you that to be a good leader is not to be independent of, you know, a caring or a warm person. Yeah. yeah. Especially in high school, right? Mm. Like no nobody really wants to be, you know, that leader who like towers above everybody and rules with an iron fist, right? <laughs> yeah, because we're all like at the end of the day, we're kind of all kids and teenagers trying to figure it out. So yeah. I think that's how I would answer that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, because there are a lot of different opportunities um, that allow you to be in that, you know, quote unquote leadership role um, in high school. Um, right. And oftentimes, you know, it's like a first time experience of being in those positions and in those roles, um, especially without much like experience or background knowledge on that subject. So do you have any like advice for people who are you know find themselves in that position to be um more of a mentor and how to be able to you know mentor the others or really help and work with the team to succeed or um, achieve their goals Mm. Mm, i think a big part of being a mentor is sort of being learning to be a good listener and learning to be a student too and I think if you kind of have that as a priority mm-hmm. um, where you're, you know, learning from others and you're trying to listen to others rather than, you know, I am trying to mentor you, which yeah. really sounds a bit more patronizing. <laughs> right. And it kind of ties into that idea of maybe, you know, less compassionate leadership. I think that approaching things more from like, like a bottom up perspective or like a me to you perspective Um, that was also, I think, a big theme as I was kind of writing like essays for college applications. Yeah. Whenever I do that kind of reflective writing, I, I like to, I remember focus on like the different roles that I had on a team, such as one of the clubs I was a part of. And a big role that I talked about was like learning to be a student, learning to be a listener, you know, and then once you start there, I think that it's better to kind of implicitly teach through example Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, like giving somebody direct lessons. Right. And I think that that is often more powerful and more personal. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, was this like a, like a shift that you sort of experienced throughout your experience, you know, going from leadership to mentorship or, was this just something that, you know, was with you from the start? How, how would you describe sort of the, the trend or the, mm-hmm. the journey of this thought process mm-hmm. and sort of mindset? Yeah, it's, it's not too easy to pinpoint an exact moment, but I definitely did not start out that way. I think everybody kind of looks back to their younger years and you kind of think to yourself like, wow that was really me like I was I was pretty clueless and naive right and I constantly find myself having this like thought process with my 
younger self. And I'm like, wow, like this is why people often are wiser when they're <laughs> older, right? Um, yeah, because you just like live with yourself and live with the people around you for a longer time. Um, yeah, I, I think that it was definitely a gradual experience for me, mm, something yeah. I realized towards the end of high school and some a realization that has helped me you know in transitioning in my first year of college to kind of receive and listen and be open first before you know you're quick to give advice or judge yeah definitely yeah and so you know this kind of leads into um the college application season for you when you were sort of going from high school to college, which is often seen as a huge step and almost to some people, like the final end goal, almost like I'm getting into college, I'm kind of done with my life, which of course isn't the case. Um, but, you know, what was that experience like for you? I would say I was not very decided at first in terms mm. of what I wanted to do or what I wanted to study. And in some ways, that was a bit of a decision in itself. And I think that that was what pushed me to explore, you know, more alternative options to your traditional four-year research university to something like a liberal arts college, you know, that is, you know, interdisciplinary is a buzzword for sure, but literally just a more tight-knit college that lets you try different classes and actually try them and get lost in those topics. And I'm very glad that I, you know, went ahead and did a lot of research and talked to students who went to schools that I was considering Mm -hmm. and, you know, ended up considering things that wasn't my first instinct to where I wanted to apply to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And having gone through that process, were there any, like, perspective shifts in terms of um you know before going in that process and then coming out and after that process were there any perspective shifts or any you know changes in how you thought of the process sure i i love how you're saying the process (laughs) like it's it's sort of like this taboo that you know every high schooler has to enter in in order to you know grow up or whatever, <laughs> you know, enter the next realm yeah. in the next battle. Um, honestly, I always find it kind of strange giving advice to high schoolers who are going through the college app process because that was literally me like a year ago. Yeah. And I honestly can't stand from here and, you know, tell you, I can tell you like it's, it's going to be okay and it does work out because that is how it is for most people, but it, it honestly, I feel like that realization doesn't dawn on you until, you know, you're kind of done with the process. Yeah. Right. And honestly, it is, it is something that, you know, can be stressing and it, it takes a lot of time because I don't think a lot of us grew up writing introspectively, Mm, you know, reflecting a lot. And for me, that was a major period of my life when I, started writing not just for applications but you know also for myself in you know journaling or doing things like that so I would just say to kind of treat it more as you trying to figure out 
you know, who you are and who your interests are rather than, you know, you trying to make yourself into this perfect package or mm -hmm. someone that you're not, right? Yeah. Because, you know, people see through that. And yeah, like, I think that it, it just is an experience that we all have to go through. And if it's something that you're going to have to do, you might as well try to take something away from it for yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so, you know, entering in college, I remember you mentioned that you wanted to take a break and pause from some of the other, you know, a lot of doing, doing, being very involved in extracurricular activities and et cetera. Um, so how, how, what was the thought process behind that, behind that? And, you know, taking a break is pretty difficult for people, especially in the Bay Area, to just be able to pause and say, I want to take this time to reflect and think back because the mindset's always go, go, go and, you know, be able mm -hmm. to accomplish and do things. So how do you, you know, be able to take a pause and value and appreciate that time to just think and reflect just as much as doing something? Mm. I think the way that you phrased, you know, the end of that question, Michael, was a really great way to put it, right? Just taking that time to, you know, think and reflect, but also just be prepared for a new experience, right? Like college is so exciting because yeah. you get this amazing taste of freedom. You're in this new place, new people, right? And it's a time to redefine yourself or kind of strengthen your identity as well. Mm. And I think that's really powerful. And honestly, for me, to be real, I was kind of like, I kind of want to have fun my first yeah, year of college. Yeah. And I had fun in high school too, but... I want to have more time to, you know, get to know the people that I that are living in my dorm, um, to get to know my friends better, to attend on-campus events. And that was like a big part of my first year too. Like, I was really happy that, you know, we had, we always had a lot of like art workshops or mm. we had really cool talks happening yeah. on campus with speakers. And I was really kind of like a sponge soaking everything <laughs> in my first year, like soaking um all these ideas in and you know meeting people who were like vastly different from me and sort of similar to me but different in ways that I could learn from and yeah like I think that was a really good decision and I would really recommend it to anybody who is maybe feeling a little confused about what they want to do or yeah. maybe feeling burnt out right like it's totally okay to have that moment in your life and it's also why I like respect a lot of people who choose to take a gap year to explore or, you know, are afraid, aren't afraid to put a pause on things, you know, for the purpose of bettering themselves and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And so, you know, reaching out often, you know, being going beyond people that you normally are with and avoiding just being stuck with the same group of people is often pretty challenging too um, for many individuals. Do you have any viewpoints on that or any ways to be able to push yourself to find new people, find people that you normally wouldn't talk to and really be able to branch out and be like a sponge to really soak up the different perspectives? Right. Um, yeah, that sort of anxiety, I think, when it comes to new environments is very real. And it is something that I dealt with a lot as well. And yeah, just knowing it's something that everyone deals with, I think is a good way to kind of refocus. I think everyone deals with like fear of missing out or, yeah. 
you know, social anxiety, especially now, you know, in this time when we're alone with ourselves a lot, I think it has really highlighted how important it is for us to spend time with others and get to know people. Um, for me, I was really happy that I had a few sort of inbuilt communities in college to meet people with similar interests. Um, for me, that was my orientation adventure group where we kind of all went on a camping trip together and that was yeah. a great bonding experience, right? And that's often a better way to bond than like icebreakers, right? Like yeah. actually going through some kind of um, abnormal <laughs> experience <laughs> from everyday life. Uh, I was also grateful for affinity groups like mm. our Asian American mentoring program and, you know, getting to know people who maybe share similar uh, backgrounds, but also, you know, were from all over the world and had different lived experiences too. So I think searching out those different communities, as you can see, is just as good of a way to meet somebody as is, you know, maybe um, talking to a friend who you sit next to class in, right? Or uh, talking to a mutual friend. Yeah. Yeah. And one last thing I think would be not being afraid to reach out to people that you think are doing something cool <laughs> or something great. Um, definitely a big kind of culture change that I experienced in college is it's, it's kind of funny because people kind of make fun of it. Um, but <laughs> it's the whole idea of meal culture, which is asking someone to get a meal with you kind of like a like a friend day or like a meal day yeah and you just kind of get to know them and have a conversation and at first I was like wow that's kind of weird so you just walk up to someone and ask them to have dinner with you in the dining hall but then I was like I mean that's pretty cool and <laughs> I think it was a good way for me to get to know friends so that was a that was a pretty cool thing that was sort of normalized in college yeah and so um you know, being in Pomona, what is that like for anyone who, Pomona, anyone who's interested? How has that uh, experience been like? Um, I don't, you know, I never want to like push any sort of experience on anyone, but I think it was, my experience definitely sort of exceeded my expectations. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the biggest thing for me is being in a very, very different environment from the one that I grew up in. Um, a few things I can point out is really, I'm really quite proud of the, like, sort of like diversity at Pomona. Mm. And I know that all schools, including Pomona and the other Claremont schools have more to work in terms of representation and diversity. But I mean that in like, as well as, you know, diversity and experiences and academic interests and backgrounds and yeah like learning from all these like really dope people and cool creatives around me and also just i think being in an environment where people are pretty academically driven so we're definitely a school that like prioritizes studying as well yeah. but um in a very like beautiful way where i have really never felt an instance of competition from anybody mm. at pomona because, you know, I will say that, like, stress is something that everybody deals with and um, competing with yourself, but I've never really felt that peer-to-peer -peer competition. And I think a big reason is because everybody is sort of doing their own thing 
um, maybe combining one of their academic interests with another passion of theirs. Like I have a really um, awesome friend who wants to study pre-health, but she's planning on majoring in Africana studies and mm-hmm. she wants to explore how um, health can lie at the intersection of, you know, anthropology yeah. and race. And yeah, it's like everybody is doing very, very cool things. And I can confidently say that I feel like the people around me are smarter than me in lots of different ways. And that's really, really cool because I have a lot to learn from. So yeah, it has been a very cool intellectual and social community. And I recommend looking into the school. That's good. Yeah. That sounds really cool. And um, you also mentioned that you were heading in the direction of um, sort of focusing on cognitive cognitive science and can you talk a little bit about that and how you sort of got to that sort of you know direction sure I would love to um, well I ended up taking an intro to cog sci class my first semester and I really enjoyed it it was a class of only 10 people and my professor was also like the sweetest woman ever. Um, her name is Professor Abrams. I don't think she's going to listen to this podcast, but if she does, she's really cool. And yeah, like she told me her whole story of she's actually a Pomona alum. And when she came to college, she wanted to study, I think, computer science, but they didn't have a computer science degree. So she ended up doing math and psychology mm. and doing her own stuff. Um, and then she taught at a bigger university for a few years before, you know, coming back to Pomona. And it was this really cool circle of her now being the chair of this department and trying to find more applications to teach students. And yeah, I think cognitive science is this really cool field because it combines so many different things, right? Like psych, and it can combine computer science, philosophy, linguistics, and it is a very, very interdisciplinary major, mm-hmm. and I'm specifically pretty interested in the applications it can have with education and um, like different learning uh, styles and learning abilities, especially now with a lot of remote education happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. but you know, I haven't declared my major yet. That often happens next year, so there's still room for change. Yeah. And that is okay, I'm telling myself. So, yeah, but that's one of the things I was interested in among the many, many very cool classes that I've yeah. taken, including um, history of concert dance. Oh, wow. And a religious studies class called Worlds of Buddhism, which was taught by um, my professor, who's actually an ordained nun. So, very cool experience. Oh, wow. What was that like? Anything that you really enjoyed about that? those courses, other courses that you took? Yeah, um, just learning from the professors, I think, was, it's like an honor to learn from people who are actually, like, such professionals in their field. Like, my dance professor, he had founded his own, um, like, performance company that was one of, like, the most, like, the top um, dance companies at the time. And, yeah, it's like, it's such an awesome realization when, yeah. or like you get the syllabus for a class, right? And you're like, oh, I need to buy this book. And you're like, wait, the professor wrote this book, <laughs> what? 
I see what they're doing, but it's also like, <laughs> wow, being surrounded by all these like really, really cool people and students as well is very awesome. And it is a big highlight of college. Yeah. yeah. And um, are there any future plans or you still reserving that for the future? I will probably reserve my answer to that question for now. But, you know, as I said, depending on how things are, I'd love to maybe study abroad or maybe take a year after college to teach, which I think is quite a common thing. Um, Maybe like one of like a teaching fellowship, I think would be really awesome. Mm -hmm. Or somehow combining, you know, my interests in education, tech and art. Um, But yeah, those are are all on the horizon sounds great yeah and sort of wrapping this up you know in these unprecedented times we often have a lot more um, time to do things and time to reflect and think do you have any suggestions for what people should do or you know ways people can you know jump into new things Mm. um wow that is the question of the time (laughs) (laughs) i think a question that comes up every time I'm talking to someone yeah. um, during quarantine. Like, how are you spending your time? How can I better spend my time? And uh, if you already know what you like to do, spend time doing that, right? Yeah. If not, there are infinite resources online to help you. Um, I have some friends who are doing like online design courses right now. Oh, wow. Or they're doing like personal design challenges where yeah. they're trying to, you know, do a piece of art every day. But other than that, um, the other thing is there's this huge pressure to be productive all the time. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay to, you know, relax and not, you know, focus your, um, force yourself to, you know, achieve your like ten- checklist of like 10 things yeah. to do every day. Right. Like, I mean, I've been playing like video games quite a bit. I've been reading quite a bit mm-hmm. and yeah a friend shared this like post the other day of like animal crossing is a very um popular game right now right yeah 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 and the whole idea is it's supposed to be this very relaxing cute game right yeah take care of your island and your villagers and yeah for some reason like it's awesome but like people have found a way to create these like massive works of art and property and it's almost like turned into sometimes this kind of like stressful competitive thing. Yeah, competition, yeah. yeah. Sort of, right. <laughs> and it just reminds me of like of how sometimes we have to control our nature to, you know, dive into things headfirst and have like be the best at something. So yeah. I think now's a good time to realize that. And yeah, it's okay to like have a chill day or a chill yeah. week. And in addition to, you know, keeping yourself educated and keeping in touch with friends yeah any good books that you would recommend people Mm. sure i think that more recently i just finished this cool um a couple books by this author called madeline miller and Mm. for anybody who is a fan of like mythology or grew up reading fantasy books Mm. i think she sort of does a retelling of uh, different Greek myths mm. and from the perspective of a minor character, such yeah. as um, a companion of Achilles rather than Achilles, or 
um, The Witch Circe. So that was really cool. And oh, then wow. I've also been reading some nonfiction lately. Mm. I think that, um, for example, I have been reading some works by James Baldwin and trying to learn more about like politics and social issues. And yeah, I'm also reading this book called The Language of Food, I believe. And it just talks about how food has been made and you yeah. know, like why we call ketchup ketchup. <laughs> Just random things like that, right? But yeah, it's a good mix. It's good, yeah. And I think, you know, with all the electronics, we've been, um, you know, blessed and kind of lived our lives with. It's really good to take time out just to read a book and mm -hmm. um, sort of understand, you know, different perspectives and learn from just good paper and text. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, yeah. It's hard to sit down and yeah. read a book. Yeah, like I'm going to be honest. I I wish I had read more on my own time in high school, but um, the list of reading for my AP English classes was quite high. <laughs> so it was hard to find motivation outside of that. But, yeah. you know, I I think that a lot of my friends from college are very much into literature and into books. So yeah. that has influenced me for the better, I think. That's good. Yeah. And last question. Um, what is one experience that everyone should miss or one experience that you had that you're extremely glad that you did and, you know, everyone must do it and can't miss out on it? Hmm. Well, I think an important thing for me was well, okay, this isn't like a super fun answer to the question, if that's what you were looking for, but... Um, no, anything is good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that, ooh, going to like a summer camp for me in high school, I think I went to like like a summer program that I think was pretty influential. But I, I bring that up because I think it's that experience of living away from your family for an extended amount of time. Mm -hmm. like. A few weeks or a month um, somehow kind of like sort of gaining that independence for a bit and discovering who you are independent from your family mm -hmm. is something that you know is really beneficial when you're younger so and it kind of prepares you for college when you have to be more dependent so yeah like doing like a solo trip yeah. or um, living somewhere independently or traveling I think is a big thing that great I suggest yeah well thank you so much emily for joining us today and taking time out of your quarantine to you know be on the podcast um well thank you so much for listening to the first ever episode of culturized and we hope you tune in next time thank you bye-bye thank you